How's it going, everybody? Andy McCullough from the Kansas City Star here with Blair Kirkhoff for the latest edition of the Star's Sports Podcast. Blair, we just saw the most boring comeback victory in, well, since the last boring comeback victory the Royals authored. Uh, no, we, we were joking about this earlier, just sort of how um, routine, how they've made the improbable look routine so often. And I'm just curious what what you took away from this game, you know, the 6-3 victory over the Blue Jays to go up 2-0 heading into Toronto and the ALCS. Do do teams do this regularly? I mean, is this, <laughs> is this a normal thing, what we're seeing down, you know, in game four in the ALDS in the eighth inning to come back and win, down three heading into the seventh inning today and, and come back and win? Those are – somebody had a, an interesting tweet uh, said that uh, – Today's comeback wasn't even their best one of the week. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's really oh it really gosh. is a, 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 something to watch, and it, it, it and I don't want to call it routine because the, these things aren't really routine, except when they happen over and over again. I get a sense that there is something about being confident and feeling yeah. feeling good about yourself and. And, and, and not believing that there's a situation that can't be overcome. You, you know, you, you wrote about it. Uh, you wrote the great story a month or so ago about what the wild card game meant to yeah. the Royals yeah. and, and to the organization. And it seems like whenever they have a comeback like this, someone will reference that, someone yeah. in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I heard it a couple times again today, yeah. but um, they really have a, a, an incredible ability to not think that they're going to lose a game in the seventh, eighth inning when they're down. Well, when you see, and I was thinking here, just thinking out loud here, you know, I remember um, talking to players in this spring about Game 7 of the World Series, and they were still very surprised they did not win that game. And it, and you think sometimes maybe that's sour grapes or, you know, you just it's just rhetoric or whatever, but then you see the way they've played when they've trailed so often already in this postseason, they really do believe <laughs> That if they get any sort of opportunity, they're going to win. And, um, gee, what? So today's Saturday? Saturday. Monday was game four of the ALDS? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, this has been like the longest week of my life. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy, isn't it? That was Monday? Monday. It was Monday. And then Wednesday was the Cueto? Wow. I mean, this is, I mean, what a week. What a week for the Kansas City Royals! Phenomenal. It's a phenomenal week for for the Royals, uh, and they're um, uh, and and it, it came on the heels of the disappointing yeah. loss in Game Three of the ALDS. Yeah. And we and and who you know who'd have thought after you know as, as we entered the eighth inning on on uh, huh. uh, down in Houston in Game Four that that the whole everything would turn and it is turned from from that position from the eighth inning of Game Four. In the ALDS, they we, we fast forward to today, and they're two games up on the Toronto Blue Jays, yeah. uh, heading to Toronto and needing to win two more to get back to the World Series. I, you know, you, the, the the belief obviously is there, but what also is there? Let's just take the middle relievers today. You've got sure. Dan Duffy and Luke Hochaver who came in and did mm-hmm. I thought a terrific job. Look at who those guys are. I mean, Danny yeah. Duffy's, they're both starters, former starters yeah. in this yep. team. Yep. Uh, th- these are guys that uh, they weren't. <laughs> 
scrap heap guys. They're not no. guys that you're throwing in the middle of a, a, a you know, of, of your bullpen. These are quality arms yeah. that that other teams don't have. Yeah. And there are a lot of guys on this roster that other teams don't have. Yeah. Well, so I've been talking with you know I'm friends with a lot of folks from you know from New York, um, you know, because I was there for a while, and and they kind of wonder like how. Um, you know, how do you assemble this team? And they talked about, you know, what uh, it's great what they've done on the margins, you know, how. But, but the thing is, like, when you look at this roster assembly, they have nine good players who start. You know, like, we, the fan base is, maybe at some point they'll give Alec Trios a break. Um, he had another big hit today. Yep. But, you know, you, they have, if Alec Trios is your, is your number nine player, like, you've got a pretty good team. I would say. So they have nine good players. And when you have nine good players, you know, who all who you don't need to um, platoon for any of them. You know, they all play every day. Um, they, not, they, most of them don't have huge splits versus lefties or righties. You can fill out the margins of the roster with a lot of different things. And so the bench has a ton of speed. And, you know, they're able to, you know, focus their resources on other things like, you know, bringing back a Luke Hochaver, um, like spending the money on a Chris Young or a Chris Medlin, which afforded them the opportunity to send Duffy to, uh, to Duffy into relief where he, you know, they're probably going to, they're almost certainly going to bring Duffy back as a starter next year. But, you know, you watch him in relief and you're like, yeah, this, this place, yeah. you know, he, he, he lets it eat and, you know, he can get 98 and it's, it's pretty devastating. Um, so, you know, we talked about this in the video, how um, the Royals seem to do so much damage in those mom- those vulnerable moments when a starter is getting tired, middle relief comes in, and those sort of in that vortex before, you know, uh, the, when the starter is no longer at the height of his powers and the eighth inning guy or the ninth inning guy don't come in. And what the Royals do is, obviously there's a drop-off from Wade Davis to Danny Duffy. I'd be curious to see what that actual drop-off would be over the course of a full season. You know, what Danny Duffy could do throwing 60 innings or something. Well, like right. That. And, and when you have that weapon, it just makes it – you get more cracks, you know, because you get a crack at David Price with the score uh, 3 to nothing instead of the score being 6 to nothing. You know, and, and you get a – you know, so you, you have opportunities to make these comebacks look simple. Well, and, and, the, and the, 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 the distance between a Wade Davis and a Danny Duffy um, – uh, is is it, it's not to me it's not it's not a great distance right. and nobody else has that type of distance right. nobody has that type of distance uh, which is to say um, Wade Davis is the best at, at what he does and Danny Duffy for a seventh inning pitcher to, as he was today or a you know six or a middle reliever is um, is tremendous it just can, can be tremendous right you know one one thing I saw uh, I noticed about common to both games the the uh, games one and two here. I'm looking down the. I'm looking at the box score, and, and on the first night, Escobar had two hits, and everybody else, everybody else in the lineup had one. Mm-hmm. Today, Moose, which we we, just, we should talk about him a little bit too, sure. to get his swing back, had two hits. Everybody else had one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, everybody up and down the lineup mm-hmm. contributes, and it's usually bunched together in yeah. a you know in a way yeah. that uh, produces runs, and, and and that's what's happened. But you don't have a guy going four for four, right. you know, three for three for five. Right. No, nobody's carrying this team. Right. Well, Everybody's doing something. Someone compared it to. Uh, someone said it was kind of like the Orioles model from uh, the past few years, and it's really it, and it sounds stupid, but it's nine good players get nine good players, yeah. and you know they don't. The closest thing they have to a superstar is Lorenzo Cain. Um, but Lorenzo Cain is a superstar in the fact that he's a good hitter who plays a great center field. And so we know we kind of have a better idea what the value of that is. But they don't have a, 
um, a 35 home run guy. They don't have a 150 RBI guy. They don't have a guy who's going to bat 330. You know, they don't have one guy in the lineup who can kill you. But they have a lot of guys who can hurt you. And when they get going, you see how deep that lineup is. And all of a sudden, you know, David Price has had to go through six at-bats of hard road and the, there's a couple guys on base, and Alex Gordon is up batting eighth. Batting eighth. You know, you you could argue when Alex Gordon went down this year in July, he was the best player on the Royals. And so you look at that, and you when Gordon's right, and when Mustakas is starting to get his swing back, it just becomes it's just a deep team. It's a deep team of good players, and not many teams have that anymore. Three great swings by left-handed hitters against Price. Against David Price. Against He's Price. Really good. You know, uh, Hosmer, Moustakas, and mm-hmm. Gordon, uh, each with the good swings. What about Moose? Um, uh, he'd really been scuffling, mm-hmm. uh, I think, in the in Houston, mm-hmm. and uh, got a got a base hit, uh, a big hit yesterday in, in Game One, and then I, he just came up bases today, uh, tonight, and um, and I, you know, if he's got. If he returns to the Mustakas that we saw in the postseason last year, mm-hmm. maybe maybe the Royals will have that uh, you know that that guy who can just carry a team for for a few games. Yeah, he's got that ability. He's got that ability for sure. Um, he he was their you know he was their best player for the first at least for the first month and maybe for the first two months. I mean that was his emergence was really really important in that it allowed him to go through struggles midway through the year because he's he's never going to be. Um, a perfect hitter. He's got a lot of holes, you know, and and all that sort of things. But he he was able to sort of deal with the valleys uh, because the peak was so high that he could deal with the valley and just remain a productive player. And so there's not a ton of pressure on him uh, to be anything more than just a good player. You know, he bats sixth. Um, they're not asking him to hit, you know, home runs in the three hole. They're not asking him to get on base all the time in the two hole. He's really he comes up in RBI spots a lot. Um, and he's able to put good swings together. You know, his, his approach, he's going to go through slumps, you know, and he, he's a guy who's probably going to bat closer to 200 at best in the postseason because right. he's going to be facing good pitching a lot. And he's a guy who does, you know, he, he feasts more on uh, mediocre and bad pitching than he does on good pitching. Um, but he's capable of hitting home runs. He's, his defense is fantastic. And, you know, up against David Price today in a, in a really big spot, you know, he comes through and pulls a single into right. You know, I expect this to change when the series shifts to Toronto, but it's been uh, uh, two games here in Kansas City, no home runs for the Blue Jays. No home runs. They led the majors in home runs, and it's not as if, you know, the, the Royals pitching held down Astros' power last week. Right. They, they, you know, <laughs> right. they, they were leaving the yard pretty frequently, but uh, Toronto swung the bat better today for sure, A little bit. Uh, but, but still can't get the ball out of the yard. Yeah, I mean, the Blue Jays um, are a little more wounded, I think, than, than anyone uh, suspected. You know, Tulowitzki had some good swings today, but he definitely is uh, a compromised version of himself. Uh, Encarnacion had some good swings today as well, but his hand is busted up. Um, we talked about this earlier, you know, it would be nice if Bautista showed up, um, kind of, you know, he's, um, series has started. Yeah. I mean, we're two games in, uh, you know, but they, like he, Donaldson and Bautista have had good at bats. That's a hundred percent true. They have made Ventura work. They made, uh, Volk has really yeah. worked the other night, but again, it's, it's if you can keep those guys in the yard, and then Encarnacion, you know, you can probably kind of take him slightly off the table just because of how his hand is obviously hurting him. If you can keep Donaldson and Bautista in the yard, then you can get the other guys out, you know. And so they're if you're, it'll be different in Rogers Center. I would imagine there'll be a couple, you know, uh, you know, pinball game types up there. 
Um, but that's why you get home field advantage. Exactly. <laughs> that's, why you, exactly. that's why home field advantage does matter despite what uh, everyone argued back and forth. And, and it just when there's two teams whose playing styles so starkly contrast based on their park, um, it's important. You know, there were balls that I'm sure would have gone out, you know, if they got caught in that jet stream, you know, at Rogers Center. They got knocked down by the cold and the air and, you know, the big park here. So it's, I mean, that's why home field advantage matters. Right. Okay, so it does, uh, the scene shifts to Toronto for game three and Johnny Cueto coming off. Hey. The best start, certainly of his postseason career, his Royals tenure, and I would imagine he would say one of the best starts of his life. Yeah. When he retired, the the final nineteen batters he faced in um, in, in the uh, I, somebody gave, it was a great uh, note that he only pitched from the stretch. Yeah, one, once one once, pitch, one pitch from the, the stretch pitch to Valbuena, right? To, yeah. Right to the you know because he had uh, the, the, uh, given up a hit on the previous uh, batter, so. Uh, so we get Cueto in Game Three, mm-hmm. and there, there's no way he matches that performance. Is no, there? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, that'll be tough. It'll be tough, especially in Rogers Center. You would imagine uh, the Blue Jays will take some smelling salts or something to wake up and actually, you know, show up. <laughs> um, I, you know, they played all right today. Game One, they were that was. A, I, they didn't show up. That, I, was I not, wondered, that was not a good performance. No, I wondered if they travel or something. It just, no, it just you wasn't. Know what? Like, and this is. Um, it doesn't. There's there's no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse to come out as flat as they did. They really did. One. I mean, they were t- un- unbelievably flat. I was, I mean, I was startled yeah. by that. Yeah, as, so, as good as Volquez was. Volquez was good, but it, it, there were great movement on, on his. There nut. were fastballs to hit in the sixth inning that could have been hit a long. We put it this way: given the opportunities that they had in the sixth inning. Uh, other teams, perhaps the one in the other dugout, you know, you saw what they do in high leverage spots. I mean, this is this is where you know the Astros, um, you know, the Astros for all their flaws went in big spots in games one and game three, three. and in game four. I mean, they, you know, they had some, they had some big at bats in game four as well. In those big spots, they came through. You know, they got hits, they got singles with runners in scoring position. You know, they drove men in. The Blue Jays have not done that yet. Um, you know, whether that's because of the injuries, whether because of the approach, whether that's because how the Royals are pitching him. So, um, anyway, it's all a long way of saying, you know, Cueto's going to be in for uh, for a tough night. I mean, that's not an easy assignment going into that park. Uh, it's going to be very loud. Um, he may be struck by cans of beer or something like that, you know. <laughs> I fully um, expect that, by the way. You know, and everyone talks about how Philadelphia is a, you know, whatever. You throw batteries at J.D. Drew one time. <laughs> says, says the uh, suburban Philadelphia guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that'll be a good matchup. You know, Marcus Stroman obviously has great stuff, and the Blue Jays kind of view him as their number one. Um, so, you know, yeah, you would think that maybe, you know, that game tilts a little bit in Toronto's favor, but there's no, you know, who knows? I mean, there's no way of knowing how it's going to go. Um, I will say this. I mean, the Royals for five days and nights with the Astros looked pretty much neck and neck, or at least for four days and nights. That's a good, absolutely. They, they looked did. pretty much neck and neck, and you could even make a, strong case that the Astros outplayed them for the majority of that series. Uh, through 18 innings here, there's no doubt who's the better team. That's right. No, I, I agree 100%. Um, you know, I, I did think that uh, with, with Price mowing, th- going through the lineup as easily as he did the first two times through, I, I thought, okay, this will be the, you know, it's the Blue Jays' answer. They, they, yeah. they, got, they got jammed up them yesterday. They'll, they'll do it to the Royals today. Right. And then the seventh inning happened, and uh, and this team just uh, doesn't cease to amaze when they when they have a deficit, and it's it's an incredible quality to have, and it's 
it's become the norm, and that is um, that. That's it's a great place to be if uh, if you're one of the forty thousand people that show up at Kauffman Stadium for these playoff games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's a you know, it's a credit to the organization. It's credit to the players. You know, it's a credit to the players who have um, learned from their experiences over these past years. Learned from a, a lot of years of losing. Um, learned from you know a lot of moments of you know coming up small in, in big spots, you know, especially last year, you know, we talked about how uh, Ned Yost liked to talk about how they struggled in front of big crowds. And, I remember that. And yeah. now they play in front of a sellout pretty much every night. And um, yeah, it's, it's really like, I know a lot of people like to say, you know, call it like bunching your luck or, you know, you know, just having the good fortune to get all your hits, you know, at the right time. But I think if it happens often enough in big spots like this, it's, it's, it is character. It is character. It, it, it really, I really do believe that, and that there's no way to quantify it. And you sound silly, and you sound something like a homer. Um, since none of the Royals even like me anymore, it's hard for me to be considered a homer. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So it's, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see. The Blue Jays have enough talent to answer back, you know, at Rogers Center. But right now, I mean, you can't ask for much more than the Royals up 2-0 in the driver's seat going to Canada. All right, well, I will see you in Toronto. Yeah. And you will see me in Toronto. I will. Enjoy the, the, the Chiefs game tomorrow. I, I will. I, I, um, uh, they're, they're, things are going well for the Chiefs, so that, uh, <laughs> that, that should be uh, – we should continue to have fun covering the Chiefs. But, uh, no, uh, the series continues in Toronto on, uh, on Monday. And, uh, look, follow the coverage uh, of, the, you know, of the Royals and the Chiefs and all uh, Kansas City sports in the Kansas City Star online at KansasCity.com. Thanks. And the True Blue app. True Blue app.